This is Speaking of Speaking, quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and the speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. Yes, another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast, and we're very honored to have a guest today. We're going to take a, a dive into, you know, how can you how can you really move things forward uh, in your business, in your life, especially if you've been through a transition? And I can't think of a better guy, <laughs> really, to help us with this than Mark Mawinney. Mark Mawinney is a lifelong entrepreneur who helps coaches. Actually, he coaches coaches. That's really what he does. But he helps coaches get more clients without paid advertising. He's the host of the podcast, Natural Born Coaches, and we're so honored to have him here today. Mark, welcome. Hey, Carl. I'm under pressure because you have the radio voice, years and years <laughs> on radio. I've got a face for radio. Uh, so you can always tell who has the radio experience. I got that smooth voice and stuff, and that is not me, I'm, but that's cool. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Mark. It's it's an honor having you here. And we, we had a chance to to meet not so long ago. It seems like it was years and a gajillion years ago, but there's a lot of different things that you do, and we'll get to some of those today as far as some of the strategies that that you share with with coaches and entrepreneurs to drive their business forward. But certainly with the times we're in, and, and, I, and I don't want to beat that dead horse all the times we're in, but, but seriously, with the times we're in, how do you go about keeping your head screwed on straight and not being a part of all the noise and clamor? Turn off CNN and the media. <laughs> There's step one. Uh, I see a lot of basket cases walking around nowadays. And if you looked at how much time they spend every day consuming media, uh, scare tactics and, and uh, government stuff that no wonder they're ready to have a meltdown. Uh, so I'm on the East coast of Canada. You're in Ontario, of course. And just a few weeks ago, I was getting my winter tires put on at my garage that handles my vehicle. They're excellent. They're a one, by the way, but uh, one complaint I have is in their waiting room, they've got it turned to the news and it's pretty loud and it rotates this negative garbage, like nonstop just in cycles. I left there. I felt like jumping off a bridge, you know, after an hour or so of being in that waiting room. I'm like, get yeah. me the hell out of here. And I can't imagine how people uh, consume that stuff day in and day out. So uh, don't get me wrong. It's good to know what's going on in the world. But if the world's going to end or there's a zombie apocalypse or a nuclear war, you're <laughs> going to hear about it elsewhere. Uh, don't let that stuff sink into your brain 24 seven, because that's not going to help your business. You would think that they would have maybe the natural born coaches podcast playing in the background playing, yeah. or something something but well at least they're going to get some lame uh, jokes and puns and <laughs> dad jokes and uh, humor but um it, that's a good point though actually i spend a lot of my listening time when i'm in the radio uh in the car and i'm not listening to, to the radio i'm uh, listening to podcasts or audiobooks when i'm at the grocery store or whatever and that's why i like to feed my brain with and i think that i'm in a much better mood that way than if i sit there watching cnn 24 7 i think we can become inundated with all the as you said the negativity the doom and gloom oh my goodness the sky's falling yet again and you know some of that's important but for people who are you know really need to just focus on what's important and that's their families their businesses you know keeping their head in the game hearing all the negativity isn't going to help them now and the same thing goes with social media i mean i'm a fan of social media it's i get a lot of business from it um, but I'm also mindful not to spend all day scrolling down news feeds and getting caught in that rabbit hole 
And I found, especially in 2020, I mean, you had the COVID debates, you had the U.S. Uh, presidential election, you had the race riots or protests. Um, yet you had just all this stuff and every two out of every three posts was some sort of contentious political issue. So don't get me wrong. I like to ruffle feathers sometimes and jump into a good debate, but the, I've been getting much better biting my tongue and just clicking out and focusing on something else. I say social media is junk food for the brain. I would much rather spend an hour diving into a good book or a good training than just scrolling Facebook or Instagram mindlessly. Yeah, for sure. By the way, we also had, um, had the locusts this year too. Did we not? Or was that the one we Killer missed? Bees. <laughs> yeah, I think the killer bee. And then, of course, next month, we've got the uh, aliens, um, just like Independence Day, come down in the White House uh, and stuff like that. But, um, well, here's a good example with social media, how dangerous it can be. This was a few years ago before the world got all even crazier. Um, I went uh, one day at supper to ma make myself a pizza you know, nice, healthy meal, have a, a homemade pizza at home. And I had to preheat the oven. Um, and or sorry, I preheated the oven, I had to put the pizza in for like 20 minutes or whatever. So I thought, well, I'll go on to into the living room, I'll pop open the laptop, see what's going on on social media, Facebook, I'll just check in. Um, and then like two minutes later, the, the timer is beeping that the pizza is done. I'm like, geez, I can't be done already felt like two minutes, I went out and sure enough, it was 18 minutes or whatever it was for the pizza, 20 minutes, felt like two or three minutes, I literally got on my laptop, just got sucked in. And it's kind of like you hear people that say they've been abducted by aliens missing time where one minute they're fishing on a lake, the next minute they're naked at a convenience store in the rural West Virginia or something. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't know where the last eight hours went. That's, that's what it's like sometimes with social media. So a lot of people say, oh, no, I only go on Facebook 20 minutes a day. I bet if you look at their actual time, it's a lot more than 20 minutes, probably two hours or three hours. I think that's a good point too, because I know as entrepreneurs, it's very easy to get sucked in and we say we're working on social media, but it's also very easy to get sucked in. That's another discussion altogether. We'll have to have you back to talk to mm. talk on that one in a little bit more detail. But, but certainly, it's a there. It's definitely been a year of transition, and one of the things that I that I wanted to talk about. I mean, you know, keeping your head screwed on straight. I you know you mentioned some great things there, but. I just love this expression, and I'll let you explain it in a little bit more detail. But the term entrepreneur, you know, the people who are thinking that self-employment or thinking that doing what you and I do is for them, that's not necessarily the case. No, um, in my estimates, I would say with online entrepreneurs, actually 80% are entrepreneurs and 20% are serious about it. And actually, it might, that might be optimistic. It might be 90-10 by now. Um, online businesses are deceiving because you know what it's like uh, when you're working from your kitchen table, you got your slippers on, your pajama pants, you got a bowl of Cheerios. It's not like you're getting dressed up in a suit to go to the office on Main Street where you're actually going to see people. So it can get very, it's very deceiving uh, that you think, well, this doesn't feel like I have to be super professional. Is this real? Is this a real business? Very much a real business if you treat it that way. Uh, but I see so many people think, oh, that would be so great. I would love to do that. And, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. They buy a domain from GoDaddy and they're off to the races. Well, there's a lot more to it. And not everyone should be an entrepreneur. I know the memes make it look like it's for everyone. It's not. They're 
are really shitty times or sleepless nights or times when um, I was going to say, you feel like you want to pull the hair out of your head, but you know, that's uh, you, you already did. Um, I, and I, I could be there who knows someday, but there are days that this beard used to be Brown and almost like a reddish. And now it's very much silver. And that's from my time in business with uh, frustration. So it's not for everyone. That's what I'm saying is, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you enjoy your nine to five, you're happy and everything like that. That's great. It's your life. Perfect. I think you make a very good point there too, Mark, about, you know, you, some people just think you set up a website and hit go. And it's almost like if you, even in the the old world or the brick and mortar world, rather, if you just open the doors, all of a sudden you'll get this, this swarm of clients wanting to buy whatever you have. And that's just not the case. Not to mention the fact that I think what a lot of people think they need to be doing isn't what they need to be doing. I mean, marketing becomes a big piece of it. Speaking, of course, being just one type of marketing, but the one obviously that I spend a lot of time speaking about is speaking. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts to being your own boss. There really is. Mm, there is. Back in the old, I say the old days, the 80s, the 90s, pre-internet, it was harder to call yourself an entrepreneur because you usually had to uh, sign an office lease for a bricks and mortar place. You had to spend mm-hmm. a lot of money on office furniture. You had the old school advertising. You had to hire staff. You know, you're looking at a lot of money to be in business. If, you know, I know there were still home-based businesses, but for the most part, uh, nowadays you could pop out of bed and, um, you know, dust the sleep off your eyes, get your credit card, buy that $10 domain from GoDaddy. And then you, you're like, well, an entrepreneur, I watched Shark Tank or Dragon's Den, and now I have a website. So I'm in business. And uh, that's, I like it. There's a democratization of business. It lets anyone get in there, which is great. But also it leads to a lot of people shouldn't be doing it or thinking that they can get rich quick. And then they get taken advantage of by the sharks in the online space, which there are plenty of them. So it's uh, overall, I think, a good thing that's so easy to get into business now that the bar is set so low, but it's led to a lot of people who probably shouldn't be in business trying to do it. I think those stats are still, what is it, the first, was it was it 80% or 90% of businesses, especially ones like you described, they fail within the first year. And part of that is either high expectations, not realizing that what they're getting into, or just not ready. When you get into business, it's easy to underestimate your expenses or look at the surprise. Imagine owning a restaurant now with COVID. I mean, having a successful restaurant before COVID was tough enough. The numbers were dismal if you looked at it. Now you've got some bureaucrat or some politician who's never run a lemonade stand say, no, you can't open up, you know, or you can only do, or they say you can do takeout or something like that, which in my opinion, isn't open, or if you can have 10% or 20% capacity, but uh, imagine how difficult it'd be to run a restaurant under those conditions too. So I just feel really sad here in in 2020. I think entrepreneurs have gotten the shaft really bad. Um, I didn't like politicians pre 2020 and my love for them has not increased this year. I, yeah, certainly a lot of, a lot of influence that I think we've, we've been, we've second guessed our, our political leaders. And I think we're demanding more of them. And I think one of the things that the times have allowed us to do is, is actually demand that. And I think we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I think we have a long way to go still, but for people who are looking at entrepreneuring, and I I just want to touch on this a little bit because yes, there are people who shouldn't be, but for people people who you know or they know in their heart of hearts that yes they are an entrepreneur what are some of the things over the next you know calendar year that they should be doing 
to make themselves successful? Well, the first thing, if you already have a job and you're looking to transition into starting a business, you don't have to do that leap of faith where you tell your boss, go shove it. You don't, you don't have to be like Jerry Maguire. Remember Tom Cruise in that movie yeah. when he does a big speech and then he rolls up his sleeve. And he's like, I'm taking the goldfish. I bought it. And who's with me? Renee Zellweger's <laughs> the only one that joins him. Um, I actually think that there's a benefits definitely for keeping your job and then building a runway there to give your business time to get going. And that's mm-hmm. actually what happened with my coaching business. You know, I had a, a sales gig with a telecommunications company here on the East Coast of Canada when I started my coaching business. And I kept it for that, those initial days to pay the bills, which I'm glad. Now, if I hadn't done that, I would have been under pressure. Oh, God, I need a client the next couple of days or I'm screwed. And then I would have probably taken on some bad clients. But having a job means you have a bit of a buffer, a bit of a safety net. Not saying you want to do 10 years worth. <laughs> Shouldn't take a decade to fully transition over, but give yourself a little bit of a runway. And I think that you're better off that way. My guest today is Mark Mawinney, the natural born coaches coach guy. (laughs) We're so blessed to have him here today. Mark, I want to talk about speaking a little bit. How important has speaking been in your business and its growth, not just this year, but in general, since you, since you made that transition? Well, full disclosure, I don't consider myself a speaker. I mean, I've spoken at events. That's where you and I met. We uh, were at uh, Julia Katzevo's TP3X event in Toronto, I think that was November 2018. So time flies. You know, I've I've done speaking as on the side from my online business. I had been planning to do more of it until this little thing called COVID hit. Um, So I'm kind of glad I didn't rely on it too much. But uh, I think speaking is important, not just the paid speaking, but, you know, you and I are speaking right now. You know, I go out on 100 podcasts a year as a guest. I've done 700, almost 700 episodes of my show. So I've done a lot of speaking, just I don't think of it as speaking on the stage. And I wasn't compensated like as a paid speaker, but I was compensated by speaking <laughs> just in a different way. Um, I think speaking is great. I, I mean, that's the holy grail for a lot of people online. They see the Tony Robbins and the people speaking to 10,000 or you know tens of thousands of people out there. I think there's a definite allure to that. And I'd love to do more of it once the world uh, gets back to common sense and isn't going crazy. I think it's one thing that entrepreneurs definitely need to uh, need to look at too, is we already said, it's not just about opening your doors and saying, okay, the doors are open. Come on in now. It's about, it's about the marketing. It's about getting your voice out there, especially if you're the, if you're the face of the business, you should be, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a, you know, like, like, you know, you have several hundred episodes. You're also getting on other people's episodes, other people's podcasts. And when the world evolves into the, to a place where we can do live events again, or do, live networking that you should be getting out there and promoting yourself and speaking as a part of that. Well, there's something to be said for live events. So I've heard entrepreneurs say, well, once everything goes back to normal, I'm not going to travel anymore. Who's going to want to do live events? Me personally, I love meeting someone face to face. Um, You and I had met at that event. I feel like I know you a lot more than if we had done a virtual summit or something together. It's tough. Mm -hmm. It's, It's different, right? You know, we get to hang out, a bunch of us have wine and 
shot the breeze and stuff like that. Um, when you're there in person, you feel like you know people, and I think it's a different energy. So I don't understand the, the those who say, well, no, I'm never going to meet in person again. I just want to do everything virtual. For me, that's kind of sad to be trapped behind screens. I'm in front of a screen enough where I run mm-hmm. my business online. I want to get away. I love getting to a bigger city and to you know meet people in that sort of uh, convention or event type atmosphere. I plan to do it as much as possible once things get back to normal. If I can gaze into my crystal ball, which I have in front of me, and you you see it here, so you can gaze with me. <laughs> yes, it is a crystal ball, in case you're wondering. But I, but I think what, what we'll see, and we won't be able to call it for a while, but I think what we'll see is a blend. Like we'll see people that will yeah. go to live events. They'll be hosting live events. They'll be speaking at live events, but there will be more of a demand or more of a more of an opportunity to also present, speak. deliver virtually as well, just like we're experiencing right now. Well, it's a good thing to have uh, different options. You know, this has probably forced a lot of people in your world, the speaking world to do things that they normally wouldn't have, you know, with virtual events or so on. So yeah, it's at least you have to build out stuff. Uh, So good example, I know a local entrepreneur, she owns a salon, uh, had to close down because our government said she couldn't stay in open. Uh, But she then focused on product sales and actually had really good months and she'd never done it before. And she said, uh, oh my God, this is great. You know, I wish I'd done this sooner. That forced her to do that. So there's actually some positives. I think it's good to have a bunch of different baskets. I think it was Andrew Carnegie who said, um, just put all your eggs in one basket, then watch that basket. And I'm not sure if I'm a really big fan of that. I think one is very dangerous. I like having four or five baskets in case the bottom falls out of one of them. I still have my other baskets to, and I'm not screwed. That's certainly a very good point that, that having it spread out a little bit, because you're right, if the bottom falls out, and I think the bottom fell out for a lot of people this, this last year, which yeah. left them scrambling, which forced not, not only forced them to pivot, but in some cases they couldn't pivot fast enough, really. Um, no, it takes some time. I just had a guest on my podcast. It's a show that's being released next week for mine. He's a speaker, uh, relied on it. I think he said he lost 90% of his business wow. overnight. And so he has pivoted, he's transitioned, but he said, yeah, it's a rough year. It took time to make that change. It's not going to be real quick. It's like moving the Titanic away from an iceberg. It's going to take a little while to pivot. And uh, the sooner you can do it, the better. Well, I've got you here, Mark. I want to talk about a couple of things. Firstly, one is how, honestly, how I first met you, uh, not in the physical world, but certainly in the online world. And that's through, through, through the coaching jungle. Talk about that a little bit. Sure. So the Coaching Jungle is my Facebook group. I launched it in the fall of 2015 and we're up to almost 20,000 members. Wow. Uh, Yeah, it's grown. Uh, Time flies. Anyone going to join, it's at thecoachingjungle.com. And you can see on the banner, I don't have to go to the gym because instead of putting in all the the effort, I have a cartoon mark with a Photoshop Tarzan body. So there's my six pack and stuff. You don't have to worry if the gyms are open because of COVID or not. But at the group, um, I started it in 2015 because I had had another group previous to that, which was only for guests in my podcast. It was called the Natural Born Coaches Past Guest Group. Right. Real real original name. Uh, So what was happening, I had 300 guests in there because it was a daily show at the time. Uh, but all these people were requesting to join all these coaches, not noticing the past guest part in the group name. And I had to say, oh, I'm really sorry. This is only for people who've been on my show. Best of luck. Have a nice life. 
after a while I thought, hmm, maybe it's good to, to have a group that's open for any and all coaches. And so I ended up shutting that one down because I didn't want to try to focus on both of them. I told people in that group, hey, I'm starting a new group. It's going to be open for all coaches, not just past guests of the podcast. And here's the details. So we had um, probably 500 people in the coaching jungle really quickly in the first like week, which really helped th- with the growth. Uh, but once we got up over 1,000 members, it took on a life of its own. That was the tipping point. And like I said, we're now up to about 20,000. Phenomenal. And that that in itself is Facebook having its own you know, algorithms and systems and rules or whatever, building a Facebook group is, you know, it's easier to just build a house using a spoon and a, a butter knife, <laughs> I think. But yeah. uh, certainly you've done a great job in building that community. And, uh, you know, obviously you have your rules like any other, you know, good Facebook group does, but it's, it, there's so much synergy in that group, I find. Yeah. I mean, it's a good group of people and I'm active in there, which I think is important because you know what it's like. You're a group owner. If you're a group mm-hmm. owner and you're not active in your own group, why should anyone else be? So I'm active in the group, but it's not just the Mark show. It's not all Mark. There's actually some really smart people um, who are contributing. They're posting on the wall. They're answering questions. And it's not stuffy. We're having fun. You know, anyone that goes in there can tell with the vibe. It's got a jungle theme to it and stuff. But we do enforce the rules. We are dictators that way. I say it's like our own little... um, you have to treat a group like it's a banana republic. You're the dictator. Cause once you start letting, let's say for example, spam on the wall, then yeah. it'll faster. Then all of a sudden the wall becomes unsearchable. It's just, it looks like the home shopping network. Uh, so it's a balancing act there. You want to encourage people to be active and stuff, but you also want to make sure that there's rules just to keep things in order. That's one page that I've taken from your playbook in starting a Facebook group, which we're not nearly at that yet. We just, we just broke 400 members. Good. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, because it, it does take time to build, but, but taking that page and being a little bit, yeah, a little bit strict on the rules, but also allowing for that synergy to happen. But definitely you're right. It's very easy for the spam to, to show up. And, and I've, and I've seen you in that group every now and again, you'll have to do that, that Debbie Downer post that says, I've just removed this many people from the group. And, but you know what, it's, it's part about having a community that is welcoming, that's professional, where you can still have fun and still learn from each other, really. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the issues we have is some, uh, which goes against the group rules is some people will private message members of the group. So it'll be like, uh, Hey Carl, I see you're a member of the coaching jungle. Um, By the way, you might be interested in my, you know, super secret method to make seven figures in a week, uh, working five minutes a day. Uh, Would you be interested? Here's a link. Once we get wind of that, we boot those types out of there because they're people who aren't looking to add to the group. They're just using to leech off it and to to try to benefit. And I get it. People are in business and I I know how it goes. But if you join a group, there's a tip. Uh, Take 30 seconds to read the group rules on the right-hand side of the group. I mean, that's not following the rules is the same as going into someone's home with your shoes on tracking mud through and, you know, breaking stuff and just having no respect, no regard. And it's a good way to get booted out of the house or the Facebook group. So uh, take 30 seconds, read the group rules. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference. I know every now and again, you get weird looks, not just because of who you are, but you get weird looks when, when you actually say this to people, but you have a newsletter, but it's not the newsletter in the sense of, oh, you're going to email me a newsletter. You actually have still use a physical newsletter. Yeah. I have a bunch of stone tablets in my backyard and I've got, um, 
You know, I, I use a rock and a chisel to carve stuff on them. The dinosaurs hauled them around the world. No, uh, it's an actual paper and ink newsletter, hard copy newsletter, which is strange nowadays. So it's by far not the only one. They're, they are out there, but they're not mm-hmm. common. Uh, so that's called Secret Coach Club. I've been doing it since March 2017. Uh, every month gets delivered to people's doors. And uh, people seem to like it because they're just used to getting junk mail or bills it, by snail mail. They never get anything they actually want to read. Uh, so this way they can open it up. They get the highlighter, the pen. It's not warmed over content. It's actual exclusive content only for su- those subscribers. I treat them like clients of mine. I basically share what's working for me, what's working for my clients, and uh, hence the whole secret coach club thing. It's kind of like a club there. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We're close to four years now. Do you ever have people who say, when are you making the transition to just doing a digital newsletter? Well, I've had people ask like, hey, can you make an exception for me, Mark? And I I don't, Uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, first off, you know what it's like with digital. If I start offering it digital, people get it downloaded and then it gets lost on their laptop and on the desktop collecting virtual dust, or they don't treat it as serious. Yeah, no, I've had no desire to change it over. I charge basically a hundred bucks a month, $97 a month. And some people would be, Oh my God, $97 for 16 to 20 pages. Uh, I just bought a 500 page book for $15 and they look (laughs) at it that way. I don't want those type of people in there. I want the type of people say, Oh, this is great. I'm spending a hundred dollars a month, investing a hundred dollars a month, but I can make an extra $5,000 a month, $10,000 by implementing what I learned in there. This is a steal. So I try to repel the, uh, who I call the freeple and the cheeple. <laughs> I don't want them in there. I want people who are like me. They're willing to roll up their sleeves, put work, the work into it. And they're not expecting to become millionaires in a day or two, but they can think big and put that stuff into action. All right. So two great ways that you can connect with Mark. One is through the, and we're going to pop these, uh, these links. And I think the, I think you, you do have a link for the newsletter or where I do. People can access that. Okay. Uh, but that's at secretcoachclub.com. So secretcoachclub.com. And the Facebook group is thecoachingjungle.com. So two great ways you can connect with Mark. Uh, the Coaching Jungle certainly is a fantastic way to connect with him immediately. He he uh, He's in the group regularly, as he says, commenting or liking or putting the big wow face or whatever you know, Facebook, uh, thing that, that he does, but, but phenomenal ways to connect with such a you know, guy that's, that's got it together, spent his whole life entrepreneuring and you know, really is there to help you be the best you, you can be, especially if you're in the coaching world. So Mark, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Those links will be in our show notes, by the way. Um, so if you heard about them and you want to refer back to them, they'll be in the show notes with the episode, uh, Mark, any final words, uh, ones that are clean, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, well, any final I, words before we wrap it up? The world is not ending. It might seem that way if you read the papers or say anyone read newspapers anymore. Anyway, if you watch the news and everything else, it looks like the world is ending. Um, actually, we're very lucky to be living in these times. I would take uh, the year 2020 over living in the year 1600 or 1700 any day yeah. of the week. And it's a great time to be in business. You know, people in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, They would give their front teeth to have access to what we have access to uh, the whole world that we could sell to for free, basically with a lot of the tools that are out there. So don't buy into the doom and gloom chicken little stuff. It's a great time to be alive and enjoy it. The sky's not falling.
It is not. <laughs> Sorry, CNN. It's not falling. <laughs> Mark Mawini, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Once again, it's Carl Richards, a member. Get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at carlrichards72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking 